At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm welcome to the Lobby Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now part of the Beeson family of podcasts. We've got a tremendous podcast for you. So in the second segment, we're going to be joined by one of our favorites, Danny Vietti. He does a great job over there at CBS Sports, along with being one of the co-hosts of the Wake and Rake podcast, along with Will Middlebrooks. In the second segment, we're going to be talking a lot about the California teams with Danny. Also, what the Yankees have been able to do this season. Is there a team out there in the American League that can stand in their way or something else that could wind up standing in their way as well? Take a look at the struggling Angels and what to make out of the San Diego Padres right now. So we've got a tremendous second segment with Danny coming up. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. And if you got one or two ways to be able to fire those in, first one is my Twitter timeline at June underscore keep in mind letters M. Name does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. So I had that five-star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, and hopefully everyone out there wound up having a tremendous Father's Day yesterday. And if you wound up taking the dogs for dad on Father's Day, you wound up being profitable. So let's dive into everything that we wound up seeing on Sunday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Underdogs went 11-4 and four straight up in Major League Baseball on Father's Day. That is tied for the best record for underdogs in any single day in which we've had 12 plus games this season as it was the Blue Jays who took down the Yankees in a fun one, 10-9. Despite the loss, I think that the Yankees made a big statement this weekend and you take a look at the deep ball. 
None of the Yankees was able to have going. That was pretty impressive. Anthony Rizzo, 18th home run of the season. Gleyber Torres is 13th. Kyle Gashioka is 4th home run of the season. Marwin Gonzalez got a home run his first. And Josh Allison is 6th. As you say, Kikuchi gives up two of those bombs. Goes for four innings, giving up three runs. And then the bullpen, that was an issue really on both sides. As you wind up having Adam Simber give up three runs in an inning. Max Castillo gives up two runs in an inning, including a pair of solo home runs. You did wind up having Jordan Romano and Yimi Garcia combined for three scoreless, but Tim Meza, he gave up a solo home run without getting a single out. And for the Blue Jays, to their credit, they were able to get the deep ball going themselves as Luis Severino winds giving up a pair of bombs. George Springer's 13th home run season and Vlad Guerrero Jr. is 17th. And then you'd have Miguel Castro wind up giving up a home run to Lourdes Gurriel. Fourth home run season and Juani Peralta winds up giving up the sixth home run season to Teoscar Hernandez as Peralta entered in this game with right around a buck 50 ERA. He gets shelled giving up three runs in an inning. You have Miguel Castro give up two runs while getting just two outs. You did wind up getting four outs out of the bullpen from Ron Marinacchio. So that was good for the team, but still Luis Severino shelled in this one giving up five runs over the course of five innings, including a pair of bombs. So the Blue Jays able to salvage the final game of that series. The Boston Red Sox get it done by a count of 6-4 over the St. Louis Cardinals. One of the few favorites to win. And three runs in the ninth if you wind up taking the over. That winds up being able to get you there as Juan Yepes winds up getting a sixth home run season off of Tyler Danish. Rough one for Danish as he gives up three runs in two-thirds of an inning. But Tanner Oak cleans up the mess, gets the final out of the game as Nick Pavetta. Another great start. Ten strikeouts, one run allowed in seven innings. John Schreiber, scoreless setting out of the bullpen. And for the Red Sox, pair of home runs in this one as Andre Pallanti winds giving it up to Trevor Story. It's 10th home run season. Then bullpen piece Drew Verhagen allows the third home run season to Christian Vasquez. For Verhagen, gives up three runs while getting just four outs. Genesis Cabrera, he goes an inning, giving up a run. And for Pallanti, not a bad start here. He gives up two runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings. Takes a loss, but really wasn't too bad of a show out of him. The Miami Marlins behind Sandy Alcantara. They wind up getting a win 6-2 the final. Marlins, by the way, 5-1 in Alcantara's last six starts as he deals again. He winds up going eight innings, giving up two runs. Sandy Alcantara has now went at least seven innings and given up two runs or fewer in each out of his last six starts. This guy's been tremendous. Tanner Scott, he winds up being able to give you a scoreless setting out of the bullpen as well. And it was the first home run of the career of Gerard Encarnacion for the Miami Marlins as he winds up being able to take Seth Lugo deep, who gives up two runs while getting just two outs. Not a terrible start here from Chris Bassett. Not a great one. Gives up three runs over the course of six and a third innings. Tommy Hunter, he gets five outs out of the bullpen, and Joey Rodriguez cleans up the mess in the ninth. But the Mets unable to get a sweep in this series, as these two teams are also going to be doing battle on Monday. But big win for Alcantara. This was big for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They wind up taking down the San Francisco Giants by kind of four to three as Alex Cobb. He's been a little bit of a victim of bad luck thus far this season. If you take a look at his year, all right, 562 is fielding independence more than two and a half points lower. He gives up two runs in four innings, and both of those runs off of solo home runs as Hoy Park was able to get his first home run season. Then Jax Wisniewski winds up going deep three times in this one. He goes deep off of Cobb, and then he would go deep off of Sammy Long, and then he takes Tyler Rogers deep as he winds up having home runs number 9, 10, and 11. And the one that he wanted getting in the ninth inning off of Rogers wound up being a walk off homer as Rogers gives up in the ninth inning. Jarlon Garcia, two scoreless settings, Sam Long winds up giving up that solo run in his five outs of work, and Zach Liddell was able to give you an out of the bullpen, and for the Pittsburgh Pirates, wound up getting a relatively solid start out of Mitch Keller. Since he got demoted and then put back into the rotation, he's actually been solid. Two runs, one of which was earned, given up in six innings. You do wind up having a scoreless setting out of Cam View. Hopefully I'm saying that one correctly, and David Menard winds up going for two innings. He winds up giving up one run in the process as B. 
being able to get a solo home run off of him. Thario Estrada, his fifth home run of the season. You wind up seeing on Sunday Night Baseball, the Houston Astros come to play. They wind up taking down the Chicago White Sox by a count of 4-3. to three. It's Michael Kopech. Not a great start out of him. Seems like regression starting to come his way. I believe that he had allowed just two home runs coming into this game, and he allows two bombs in this one as he gives up four runs over the course of five innings going deep off of him. Mauricio Dubon, his third home run season then. J.J. Medvic, he winds up being able to get his first, I believe, career home run from there. He did wind up having Vinny Velo, Vince Velasquez, get two scoreless signings, Jimmy Lambert, scoreless signing of his own. And then for the Houston Astros, Christian Javier, another very solid start, did wind up having four walks, which knocked him out after five innings, but gives up just one run. Hector Neris, part of a Houston Astros team that has the best bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues, does wind up giving up two runs in an inning, but Ryan Stanek, Rafael Montero, and Ryan Presley all wind up giving a scoreless signing, all three of those guys. Now a 2.55 ERA or better, and for the Houston Astros, they have played still more than two-thirds of their games under for the season. That is absolutely ridiculous. The Arizona Diamondbacks, just 11 out of their 36 home games have gone over this season. They played another under at home on Sunday, which was a DK Nation pick, and uh, so let's take the eight. Arizona Diamondbacks and they get it done easily. 7-1 to one the final. Merrill Kelly a great start. He winds up giving up a run in the first inning. Nothing else from there as he goes 7 strong. Joe Manat typically gives you a scoreless inning and then Noyer Ramirez, Ian Kennedy they clean things up in the ninth inning as you did wind up having Christian Walker go deep in this game twice off of Chris Archer. 17th and 18th home runs of the season. Archer wasn't bad. He winds up giving up those two solo home runs over the course of four innings. Griffin Jacks, he would then from there wind up giving up a solo home run to Paven Smith. Smith, his ninth home run season and then turned into Caleb Theobar, loading up the bases and giving up a grand slam, giving up four runs in two-thirds of an inning before Ty Duffy gets the final two and a third inning scoreless as being able to get his first career home run, and it was a grand slam. Buddy Kennedy with his father in the stands. What a great moment for him, and then he did wind up seeing the Minnesota Twins go on a seventh men in scoring position, so they weren't able to really bring a lot of Father's Day cheer, except for them bringing that to fans of the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Cleveland Guardians go on the road, and they wind up taking out the LA Dodgers as they wind up taking this series as a whole by kind of five to three in the Sunday game as Andrew Heaney wound up making his first start since April and he didn't look bad. Two runs, one of which was earned, given up over the course of five innings. He did wind up allowing a home run in this one as it was Oscar Gonzalez's first home run in the season. From there, the bullpen let the team down and I've been saying it on this podcast, Craig Kimbrell has not been too great. Gives up two runs in the ninth inning. That costs the team the game. He now has a 471 ERA. Out of all the relievers that came in for the Dodgers, he has a worse ERA by about .8 points. Bruce Arter Gradwell, he's got the next lowest. He winds up giving you a scoreless inning. He did wind up getting a pair of outs out of the bullpen from Danny Hudson and Yancy Almonte. Alex Vecilla gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning. And for Shane Bieber, he was making believers out of everyone. Six and a third innings. Does give up three runs, just two of which were earned. He did allow a home run in the process. Freddie Freeman has had a tough year with the guards of power. Sixth home run season from there. Eli Morgan, Emmanuel Classe, a combined two and two-thirds inning scoreless. And the Guardians, despite leaving 13 men on base, they are able to get it done on the road. The LA Angels shut out the Seattle Mariners, which is nothing new as this is a fourth time on this current home swing for the Seattle Mariners that they have been shut out. 4-0 to zero the final, and the Mariners, by the way, are now 29-39. and 39. For the Angels, Mike Trout winds going deep off of Logan Gilbert, his 21st home run season. For Gilbert, gives up two runs in six innings. Not a bad start from this. He was backed up with absolutely no run support whatsoever. Ryan Baruki along with Andres Munoz, both going inning. Munoz gives up a run, but it was unearned. Baruki's 
run was earned. Rayona Ellis was able to give you a scoreless setting, but for the LA Angels, you wound up having the first start of the career of Kenny Rosenberg. Actually, go halfway decent. Four and two-thirds inning scoreless. Jose Cujata gives you an out of the bullpen, and then Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, Rossi Iglesias, Andrew Wants. I'll give you a scoreless inning. Not a good look there for the Seattle Mariners. Not a good look for the Kansas City Royals. As two of the bottom three teams in terms of win percentage out there in the big leagues in battle. And it was the Oakland A's that came out victorious 4-0. As Brady Singer was singing the blues, giving up three runs over the course of five and a third innings. He was taken deep by Seth Brown. Ninth home run of the season. Then John Murphy, a little bit later, would be able to get his eighth home run of the season. As that one winds up coming off of Jose Cuas. Two-thirds of an inning gives up that solo home run. Matt Peacock was able to give you two scoreless. And then for the Kansas City Royals. 0-9 with men in scoring position with 11 men stranded on base. This in a Jared Koenig start who I figured that the young guy would be able to see a little bit of positive regression after giving up a combined 10 runs in his first two career starts on the road against the Boston Red Sox along with the Atlanta Rays, but certainly did his part here with his five and two-thirds inning scoreless from their Zach Jackson, Sam Mall. Both give you a scoreless inning into Bingo Acevedo. Four outs out of the bullpen, scoreless. The Colorado Rockies get to Blake Snell. Eight to three, the final for Blake Snell. Ever since he's come over to the San Diego Padres in road starts, and I believe that he's now made either 17 or 18 in total. His ERA is a 6.03, and he's given up 6.3 walks per nine innings. Gives up five runs, four of which were earned on four walks in four and two-thirds innings. From there, you have Steven Wilson give up a solo run in his one out of the bullpen. Adrian Marajon winds up giving up two runs in one and a third innings, including home run of his own. Craig Salmon, pair of outs out of the bullpen, and Tim Mill was able to give you a scoreless setting in for the Padres. A little bit of a scary scene as Manny Machado wound up going down with an injury in this one. We're going to be talking about that a little bit more with Danny Vietti on the other side. Looks like he shouldn't be too badly affected. Got to figure that he's going to be out of the fold for Monday, though, as he wound up having Austin Supernola get his second home run season and Luke Voigt his ninth. As for the Colorado Rockies, Antonio Sensatella was terrific. He gave up one of those solo runs, giving up one run in total over the course of six innings. Robert Stevenson just allowed two runs in one and a third innings, including the other home run, but Lucas Gilbreth, bare outside out of the bullpen, Carlos Aceves, a scoreless inning as Randall Gerchik gets his seventh home run season, and then you wind up having Elias Diaz get a home run, his third home run of the campaign. The Atlanta Braves after losing two straight after their 14-game win streak. They're back on a winning streak. 6-0 the final as they wind up being able to get to the Professor Kyle Hendricks who gives up six runs in four and a third innings including a pair of home runs. Michael Harris, second third home run season. Travis Arno his ninth. By the way, Adrian Sampson Four and two-thirds innings of relief. Five strikeouts. One had allowed no runs. He actually looked very solid, but the Atlanta Braves as a whole looked good in this one. Ian Anderson, six and two-thirds innings scoreless. Jesse Chavez and Kenley Jansen both give you an inning out of the bullpen scoreless. And A.J. Minter in out of the bullpen. As for the Cubs, they wind up stranding eight men on base after a 10-game losing streak. They had one, two straight games. Now they're back on a skid. For the Detroit Tigers, Saturday and Sunday, they scored a combined 21 runs. That's Someone call the fire department because they've gotten hot. 7-3. They wind up taking down the Texas Rangers. Says the Rangers. Well, they are the victim of giving up those runs to a team that prior to this weekend, they were averaging 2.75 runs per game for the Texas Rangers. Dane Dunning, unable to get her Dunning. Four and two-thirds innings gives up five runs, all of which were earned, including home run to Robbie Grossman, second home run of the season. From there, the bullpen wasn't too bad. Matt Bush does wind up giving up two runs in an inning, but Matt, give me some more. He was able to give you more. Two scoreless innings in Santana, able to give you an out of the bullpen, and Corey Seager was able to get a home run off of Drew Hutchinson in this one. 15th home run season, Hutchinson, a far from terrific start. Three runs given up in four and two-thirds innings, but the Tigers, they're currently seventh in the league in bullpen here, and they went to work. Michael Former, Willie Peralta, Andrew Chafin, Gregory Soto, I'll give you a scoreless sending in Alex Lang and out out of the bullpen to be able to get that. 
to the window. The Baltimore Orioles wind up needing to use a bullpen game as Jordan Lyles scratch at the last minute. The bullpen did their part. 2-1, to one, they take down the Tampa Bay Rays. As the Rays get 9 hits, but just 1 run, they strand 10 men on base. And Corey Kluber, not a bad start here. He gives up 2 runs over the course of 6 innings. Did allow a home run to Anthony Santander, 12th home run season. But he did a solid job. Luke Bard, pair of innings out of the bullpen scoreless. But Baltimore just wanted piecemealing this together. Austin Voth was the opener, 2 and 2 thirds inning scoreless. Brian Baker gives up a run in his inning. But Nick Vespi, 4 outs out of the bullpen scoreless. Ian L. Perez, Ore Lopez combined for 2 scoreless innings. And then Mike Bauman, Felix Batista. They give you a scoreless inning as the Baltimore Orioles. Yes, the Orioles. They wind up being able to take this series and they wind up holding the Tampa Bay Rays to one run or fewer in two out of these three games. So it's actually been a relatively impressive display here from Baltimore recently. It's been a relatively impressive display for the Phillies as well. Coming into Sunday, I believe that they had won 14 out of their last 16 games, but they fall to the Washington Nationals by kind of 9-3 as Zach Eflin he was pretty effing awful. He winds up going two innings, giving up four runs, all of which were earned, including a home run to Juan Soto, 14th home run season. Michael Franco was able to go deep off Corey Knable, his sixth of the season for Knable. He winds up giving up two runs in one and a third innings. Andrew Bellotti gives up two runs in one and a third innings. Nick Nelson, two and a third innings, winds up giving up one run. And then you do wind up having a scoreless inning out of Michael Kelly and for the Philadelphia Phillies. Offense was a little bit more dormant in this game as Jackson Tetrielt. Three unearned runs given up in his seven innings. He was hurt by Akiba Ruiz and Elaine Thomas there, but certainly solid for the young gun out there you wind up having from there. Carl Edwards Jr. along with Corey Abbott both give you a scoreless setting. And then for the Milwaukee Brewers, they complete their sweep of the Cincinnati Reds. They were on to Cincinnati, and they were on to a 6-3 win as going deep for the Brewers in this one. Hunter Renfro off of Joel Kunal, 13th home run season. Then the starter, Mike Miner, major disappointment. He gives up a home run to Victor Carantini's fifth home run season as Miner gives up four runs in six innings, including that home run. Kunal gives up two runs in his inning, including the other home run. Jeff Huffman was able to give you a scoreless setting along Tori Moretta. And for the Cincinnati Reds, they had a streak of scoring at least four runs at home in 23 out of 25 games. Second straight game of which they weren't able to reach at Marquez for the Brewers. Adrian Hauser. Not a great start, but it wasn't terrible. He gave up four walks and three runs over the course of six innings, but bullpen went to work from there. Brian Boxberger, Devin Williams both give you a scoreless inning, and Trevor Kelly and Hobie Milner, they were able to combine for a scoreless inning of their own. And if you're taking a look at Major League Baseball right now, I mentioned it at the top, all that the underdogs were able to do on Sunday. They wind up going 11-4, and a and little bit of something different from what we've been seeing overall in baseball this season, and it has been quite a bit of a favorite season thus far. If you're taking a look overall for this Major League Baseball season, favorites are 593 and 398, hitting at a 59.8% rate, but what I find to be interesting is that home favorites, they're 366 and 156 overall, but they have failed to cover the run line 113 times due to the low nature of the early part of the season, but things are starting to iron out. Right now, we've seen 51.5% of games go under the total 486 unders to 457 overs, and if you take a look at the last 30 days in Major League Baseball. It has been about a 52% clip to the over. 206 overs, 190 unders, and in that time span, underdogs hitting at just 40%, 165 and 247, and home favorites in that time span, 148 and 105 straight up, and on the run line, they would be able to cover 106 of those, so 42 games of which the favorite has won outright. They were one-run wins and unable to cover the run line, so that's what we're seeing right now in Major League Baseball, and that's what we wound up seeing on Sunday. Now coming up next, let's head out to the great 
United State of California. Talk to Danny Vietti about really the lay of the land out there in the American League. Can anyone slow down the New York Yankees and take a look at what's gone wrong for the Angels and what to make out of the San Diego Padres? That's up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it off, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. The wait is almost over. 
Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Eastern Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guest as Danny Vietti does absolutely terrific work over there at CBS Sports, their MLB coverage, taking a look at everything that we're getting out there on the diamond. He is a man that is out there in the great state of California, and on top of that, he and a man that I'm sure many of you guys know from his time as a player where he won a World Series, Will Middlebrooks. He does a podcast with him called the Wake and Rake Podcast. You're able to follow that at Wake and Rake Pod altogether, and to be able to follow Danny on Twitter, that is at Danny Vietti, last name is spelled V-I-E-T-T-I, all together. And Danny, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, pleasure's all mine. Always happy to join, Greg. I'm always happy to have you aboard, and it is great that we've been seeing all that we've been seeing with regards to Major League Baseball the last few weeks. But if I can be honest here, we've got one team that is really running away with things in the American League, and it's the New York Yankees. They do wind up falling on Sunday, but what have you just made out of the New York Yankees thus far and do you think that it's sustainable because they are right now leading the league by a pretty wide margin with regards to best record? I guess the real question is rather, is it sustainable? Can they stay healthy? That's really the question because we've known how good the Yankees could be if they could just stay healthy. Ever since they traded for Giancarlo Stanton, what was it, three years ago, four years ago, we had this lineup in front of us that always looked beautiful. It was gorgeous. The problem was it rarely ever saw the field. Giancarlo was always injured. Aaron Judd Judge struggled staying on the field. Gary Sanchez, very up and down. Those three, four, fives, what Yankees fans dreamed of at one point. Obviously, Gary Sanchez sent away after his struggles. Now Giancarlo is healthy. Aaron Judge, this is a contract season for him. Okay, This man is about to get paid. And the only way you get paid is if you stay healthy. That's the best quality you can have in a player is availability, right? So your best player who's in his contract year, you have a starting rotation that leads baseball and ERA, uh, leads the American League in strikeouts. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, leads the American League in strikeouts with 606, it looks like. Uh, this is after Sunday's games. You have a rotation that's clicking on all cylinders that are five deep. That rotation has adopted this cutter strategy that has paid dividends for them all season long and then like i said you have a lineup that's dangerous so it's really not a matter of can they sustain it it's a matter of can they stay healthy so far they've shown that they can stay healthy and i have no reason to believe otherwise so far it has been incredibly impressive what we have seen from the new york yankees thus far and we thought that one of the contenders out there in the american league just like i would say three and a half weeks ago was going to be a team out there in your backyard of the la angels as we do have Daddy Vietti joining me on the podcast. And ever since then, things have went straight down the toilet bowl. Now the good news is they were able to get a trio of wins on Saturday and Sunday against the Seattle Mariners. And if you were wanting to take a look at teams that have their own problems, the Seattle Mariners on offense getting shut out four times at home stand, that I would qualify as a little bit of a problem. But if you just take a look at this Angels team, they wind up relieving coach Joe Madden of his duties. And how do you wind up taking a look at this bunch in general? Because we've talked about it on this podcast many, many times with regards to bullpen pitching, but now it feels like there's just a little bit more than that that's going on as well, because it just feels like you're in and you're out with the Angels. They show you a little bit of promise. They wind up tapering off, 
And by the time they're going to be able to figure it out, it's probably going to be too little too late. It's tough, man. You know, you see the Angels get off to this hot of a start. You think they're finally turning a corner. They're healthy. Shohei, Trout, Rendon, Taylor Ward is all of a sudden becoming one of the better hitters in the league. And it's just completely all falling apart, right? The wheels have fallen off. And it goes back to the same thing, right? It's pitching. And their starting rotation has actually done a pretty decent job all season long, despite their recent struggles. It's really been the bullpen that's been the question mark. Their bullpen acquisitions or ads, if you will, this last offseason with guys like Archie Bradley and Aaron Loop. A lot of people like myself were in favor of those moves. I thought it was a great move by Perry Manasian in that front office to add to that bullpen. You re-sign Raisel Iglesias. Unfortunately, the consistency just has not been there in that bullpen. Glasses half empty. This month for the Angels has been rough. Glasses half full. They fired their manager when they were in a stretch where they played the Yankees, Phillies, who have been very hot of late, Red Sox, who have been one of the hottest teams in baseball, then Mets and Dodgers. So they struggled against really good teams. Now, like you just mentioned, they played the Mariners this past weekend and found a lot of success. And so what's next on the docket? Well, they had the Royals at home, the Mariners at home again, then the White Sox that are about 500. And then right after that, you're going to have the Astros, who are a good team. But then you have the Marlins for two and then the Orioles for four. So the Angels have some winnable games on the schedule. What are they going to be able to do with those games? That obviously will have to be played out on the field. But they have a winnable schedule coming up in these next two weeks. And these next two weeks could truly define what the Angels do as they approach the 2022 MLB trade deadline that comes up August 2nd. Yep, because we mentioned it at the top, I do feel like all these teams out there in the American League, they are right now chasing the New York Yankees. I think that we'd both be in some sort of agreement that the Astros probably find themselves number two in the pecking order of the American League. And then it becomes a race for who should be that number three team, whether it be the champion out there in the AL Central, that number two team out there in the American League East, or is someone else going to be able to rise up? And I think that that's going to be interesting to take a look at as well, because I do take a look at the rest of that American League, and though they wound up losing on Sunday, I think that we've seen some good things from the Minnesota Twins. An incomplete team that needs more starting pitching, but they've got good pieces, and once again, you were talking about health with the Yankees. Talk about health with Briar Bucks, and if this guy is able to stay healthy, look out there. But And then you've got other teams like the Chicago White Sox that I find to be intriguing. The Boston Red Sox have been able to rise up. The team that knocked off the Yankees on Sunday in the Toronto Blue Jays. I really think that more of those outside the top two teams in the American League, that's a wide open race right now. And I do think that there are a lot of teams that they've been able to round into form sort of like the Red Sox and the Blue Jays have been able to in recent weeks. No doubt. And we keep thinking, when are the Twins going to fall, right? Like how long can they sustain this thing? And their rotation has just kept them afloat all season long. You mentioned Byron Buxton. Yes, absolutely. He's one of the most electric players in baseball when he's healthy. But it's really been that rotation with guys like Sonny Gray and Ryan and Bundy and like guys that you just didn't really expect to flourish this season. I mean, I had question marks, a lot of question marks when it came to the Twins pitching. I didn't think they had a chance in heck this year of winning that division. Here they are in June, mid-June, first place in that division, and they have a good lead in that division as well. Chicago has yet to find their way. Cleveland's been playing good ball. They're one game back, but they've just taken care of their division, and they've actually played pretty decently against winning ball clubs. Um, They beat Toronto two out of three, beat up on Cleveland two out of three. They beat the White Sox three. uh, They swept the White Sox, and they beat Tampa Bay four out of six times. 
if you're wondering, like, okay, is Minnesota just beaten up on a bad American League Central division? Yes, they are taking advantage of that schedule, but they've fared pretty well against winning teams, and they deserve a lot of credit. So I agree with you. I mean, the American League wildcard race is going to be very interesting. Red Sox are getting hot. Maybe the White Sox, once they get healthy, they can get Eloy Jimenez back in that lineup. Lance Lynn is back. Maybe they can find their way. Rangers have been playing good ball as well. They're not out of it either. So I think things could definitely get interesting here very, very quickly. Yeah, and for the Rangers, Marcus Simeon was looking like one of the biggest buster roonies of a contract ever. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily going terrific for him, but over the last 20 to 25 games, things have really been able to pick up for him as well. And we'll get Taylor Hearn out of the rotation. I think that they might be looking at a little bit of something there. So I do think that that's pretty wide open as we do have Danny Vietti joining me on the podcast. And Danny, I know that you're either in or very close to San Diego. And I do think that it's interesting to take a look at the Padres as well. We wound up seeing them fall against the Colorado Rockies on Sunday. And we've been posing the question all year long, whenever we've had our chats, which typically about once every three weeks is a pretty fair guesstimation on those. Are the San Diego Padres for real? Has their good start been based on having a little bit of a weak schedule to start the season. And I do think to this point, the San Diego Padres have proven that they are relatively for real. There's been a little bit more hope for Manny Machado recently, but I do think that both of us have our fair share of doubt still with this team. And I think that one of the biggest doubts you've got to have with this Padres team is a man that wound up going on Sunday in Blake Snell, who now has north of a six ERA whenever he winds up hitting the road the last two seasons. And when it comes to San Diego, I do think that this is not going to be the same team that they completely flail towards the end of the year like they wanted doing last year. But I think that they're one of the more interesting wild cards, to put it just in a little bit more of a broad term for the Padres this season, just because when Fernando Tatis Jr. returns, it's going to be a little bit of a different look. But it feels like there's many good and many bad qualities with regards to this Padres team. No doubt. It's very hit and miss with this club. And they're coming off a miserable weekend in Colorado getting beat up by a very poor Rockies team. And not only that, to add injury to insult, Manny Machado hit first base on the bag and rolled his ankle. Good news is x-rays came back negative, and it looks like it could just be a very uh, severe rolled ankle. So that's best case scenario for a Padre team that uh, it looked pretty bad there when Machado was rolling on the ground because he has truly been their offense this season, in my opinion. Him and Goldschmidt have been the two front runners for National League MVP. And for a team that already doesn't have their shortstop in Fernando Tatis Jr., to then lose your other leader and your other part of the tandem on the left side of that infield, that's tough to recover from. Very good news for the Padres and, and their fans is that Machado is going to be okay. You look at the timelines on when Machado can return, when Tatis could return. I know Tatis just had a little bit of a setback after they had a CAT scan on his left wrist this past week, but he's still recovering and he's still looking like a July return could be in the could be in the makings here. So coming into this last weekend, they were tied with the Dodgers for first place. And I didn't think they had a chance in hell of being tied with the Dodgers in mid-June before Tatis was playing on the field. So they deserve a lot of credit. I agree with you that I have questions when it comes to their lineup. They've been very clutch. They've been good late in ball games. They do deserve credit in regards to discipline. They've been one of the better teams in the National League in regards to drawing walks. But the bop hasn't quite been there. Luke Voigt's starting to turn the wheels a little bit with his bat, which is a good thing. If you can get Tatis back in the fold, get Machado back in, uh, back in healthy, 
maybe make a move or two to get some depth in your infield and your outfield at the deadline. Uh, I do believe in this team, and I do think that they are a threat if Tatis can come back and be the Tatis that we all love. No question. I think that Fernando Tatis Jr. returning for this bunch is going to be absolutely massive, as we do have Danny Vietti joining me on the podcast. And I think that the NL West is actually a little bit more fascinating than we thought it was going to be as well, because you just mentioned it. The Padres and the Dodgers right now for this division are neck and neck. I think that everyone coming into the season, myself included, wanted to just hand this division to the LA Dodgers. They wind up returning Andrew Heaney on Sunday. Got to figure that at the very minimum, he's going to be able to eat some innings for a team that they've just been dealing with a whole bunch of injuries when it comes to that pitching rotation. But I just take a look at this division. The Giants haven't necessarily been the most aesthetically pleasing team to watch, but they've been able to run off some wins recently. Now, playing against the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds in recent weeks, that winds up helping out a little bit. But that said, they've been able to get some wins. The Colorado Rockies have played their way out of it. But even the Arizona Diamondbacks, when it's all said and done, I don't think that they're going to be there. But They've got one of the best pitching rotations out there in the big leagues. And really, when it comes to the West, especially when you wind up having to go on the road to play the Rockies, a little bit different than at home, you really don't have an easy night no matter who you wind up playing in this division. The Dodgers have been so interesting because coming into the season, obviously, you look at that lineup and you're like, man, stacked. But the guys that have been really tearing it up for them on a day-to-day basis, I mean, Max Muncy has struggled. Chris Taylor has struggled. Cody Bellinger has struggled. Mookie Betts is now on the injured list with a rib injury. And so yeah, Freddie Freeman has obviously been hitting the ball well, but the power numbers are down. And then you look at the rotation for the Dodgers too. Everyone looked at Urias and Bueller and Kershaw and it's like, man, stacked, right? Well, it's really been guys like Tony Gonsolin. You mentioned Tyler Anderson. Andrew Heaney. The Dodgers have been such a unique case in that they signed all these big names, handed out all these big time contracts. And it's really been the supporting cast that has guided them to this early success. And I think that's a really good story for them because if they do get their superstars rolling at the right time, they now know that they have a supporting cast that can support those guys and maybe even take them to a new level. In regards to San Francisco, I loved what you referred to them as not aesthetically pleasing because I think that's a perfect description for this club. A team that hasn't been with Brandon Belt, who's really their most consistent hitter on a day-to-day basis. He's been injured much of the year. Jock Peterson has been a very nice addition. Just another Farhan Zaidi jewel. The rotation has been very hit and miss, as has the bullpen, but they've been able to stay afloat. They got Alex Cobb back. He's been one of the more unlucky pitchers in baseball this year in regards to batting average on ball and play. His stuff has been really good this year. They just lost Jacob Junis, who's been a welcome addition to that rotation as well. He went on the 15-day IL with a hamstring injury, but he will be back. So I think once San Francisco can kind of shore up their bullpen, understand what their roles are on the bullpen too. They've been, there's been some question marks with who's their setup guy, who's their closer. Once they actually solidify those roles in a bullpen, I think they'll start to get rolling a little bit. Yep, and Logan Webb has been a little bit up and down this season as well. Has always been terrific at home. Sometimes a little bit of a question mark on the road. Good test for him coming up on Monday against the Atlanta Braves. Who, boy, oh boy, prior to them losing two straight against the Chicago Cubs, they were a rolling 14 straight games. But 
honestly playing the best competition. So that'll be interesting to take a look at. And Danny, I know you're doing an amazing job taking a look at the game that we love. You and Will Middlebrooks do a great job with the Wake and Rake podcast. Your work over there at CBS Sports is amazing as well. And I know that you do just so many great things involving baseball. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you've got going on in general. No, I appreciate that, Greg. And when I'm not listening to Greg's podcast here, come check us out at the Wake and Rake. Got a lot of trade rumors swirling in now with the trade deadline approaching. We're going to be talking about it, and we'll be with you guys from start to finish. So check us out at Wake and Rake. New gear available as well. And then all the written work, as always, on CBSSports.com. And Danny does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at baseball every time he joins this podcast. Like I said, typically get him on once every three or so weeks. Sometimes it's once in two weeks. Sometimes it's once in a month. But with that said, every single time he joins me, he always delivers goods. It's always great to be able to get him on this podcast. And did so once again today. Big thanks to Danny for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what yeah. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit NFL.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Danny Vietti of the Wake and Rake Podcast along CBS Sports on this podcast. Delivered the goods once again, talking a lot about the teams that we've got out here on the Wild Wild West Coast. And man, it is going to be very interesting to see what we wind up getting moving forward out there in both of the Western divisions in both the AL West and the NL West. And Danny, he's going to be covering that and really just the game of baseball as a whole throughout the entirety of the season. A big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Monday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUNIT underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation or this is where we go with the National League games first and the American League games and if we would have interleague games those would be at the bottom but we do not have any so that'll keep things all nice neat clean and easy there as we do begin with the earliest game of the day 9:51 9:52 on the betting board the Miami Marlins they're going to be on the road facing off against the New York Metropolitans as David Peterson, great name, is going to be going for the Mets. And Trevor Rogers is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami is finding themselves in between plus 135 and plus 142 underdogs. Seeing straight plus 130 out there as well. And if you're taking a look at the Mets, going to be getting them anywhere between minus 142 and minus 152. And your total, anywhere between 8 and 8.5. And on the 8, over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. On the 8.5, under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. And the over, that is anywhere between even and minus 105. I did wind up setting my total at an 8.3. Seeing the 8 at minus 115, I would rather take that over rather than take the under on the 8.5 personally. And I'm seeing that at Circus. So I actually do have access to that. So I personally would rather have an 8 over rather than an 8.5 under. But if all you've got is 8.5, I would be looking at the under there because you do have a guy in David Peterson who's been a little bit all over the place. Last start against the Milwaukee Brewers. Not so great giving up four earned runs in that one. Now, he has not been able to deliver a lot of length. Five innings for fewer in each out of his last four appearances, three of which were starts. And in each out of his last three true starts, he has given up approximately four runs. Now, one of those, he was the victim of some hundred runs, but it's been a little bit topsy-turvy there. Has been significantly worse at home than on the road, by the way. 550 Omiri, 205 
Rode ERA. He's been able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up just three home runs thus far this season in 40 innings, but certainly has been going a little bit rough there, and you do take a look at Trevor Rogers, and you want to talk about things going rough. He's got a 580-70 right now. He's actually been better on the road than he has been at home, but that's not saying much. 885 home ERA, 405 road ERA, and his seven starts on the road. He's given up three home runs in 33 and a third innings with opponents taking right around 246 off of him, but he's also giving up right around five walks per nine innings whenever he's on the road as well. So it's really been going rough for both of these guys. With the Miami Marlins, good news is because Sandy Alcantara pitched yesterday, you do have a bullpen that is relatively preserved. Bad news is you've had Lewis Ed have his ERA go from a 1-1-2 to begin the month to north of six right now. Tommy Nance has not necessarily been able to do the job for you. Jimmy Yacobonis is all of a sudden being looked to for endings. Anthony Bass has been able to do a solid job, but it's been a little bit of an issue. And then when it comes to the lineup, you've got Asus Aguiar along with Asus Sanchez currently find themselves on the injured list. And then Avicio Garcia, Miguel Rojas, along with Brian De La Cruz, you're able to throw in there. Ode Soler are all hitting a 230 or lower draft. Double-digit amount of homers for him. He's been able to ride around at 245, and I'm not even kidding here. You've got Jareer Encarnacion, another one of the Encarnacions. He's out getting starts. He got his first home run of the season yesterday. And for the Mets, this team leads the big leagues in terms of batting average and just on-base percentage in general. You take a look at them at night in and night out. Typically, you're going to have just one guy in that starting lineup that has a batting average of a 240 or lower. Sometimes you'll find two, but these guys have been really good. Mark Cannon's hitting nearly a 300 for the team. Pete Alonso's 19 home runs. That leads the National League. Jeff McNeil's hitting a 325. Luis Galorme hitting in that pocket as well. Sterling Marte's hitting a 285 along with Alonso. So these guys have really been able to step up and for the Mets. It's not like they've got the world's greatest bullpen, but you got guys who are doing a solid job for the team as you've had Drew Smith be able to post up in the pocket of about a two-ish ERA. It's been a little bit tough for Jason Shreve, Jolie Rodriguez, but Seth Lugo seems to be picking it up a little bit as well. Edwin Diaz has been locked down towards the back half of the game, so taking a look at things, I would rather have an 8 over rather than an 8.5 under, but if all of you got is an 8.5, I would be looking at an under end with the Mets just because Trevor Rogers has really had a big fall for me, and it looks like he's not going to be able to pick it up. Made them minus 162 on the money line, but if you're taking a look at the run line, I'm seeing this heading between a plus 125 to a plus 135. I would rather reduce the juice, take the New York Mets lane run and half at that nice plus price to be able to reduce that because I do like the 8 over as well. So, looking at the 8 over person, and I'm going to be taking a look at the bets on the run line laying a run at F953, 954 on the betting board. The Chicago Cubs sitting the road face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates as JT Brubaker is going to be going for the Buckos and Caleb Killian is going to be on the bump for Chicago. Chicago is finding themselves as a very slight underdog in this spot. You're finding them in between minus 110 and plus 103. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Buckos, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 113 is your price. 8 to 8.5 is your total on the 8 overs minus 115 and the unders minus 105 on the 8.5 under is minus 120, and the over is even. When it comes to the total, I did wind up saying this at an 8.3, so I would personally, once again, rather have an 8 over rather than an 8.5 under, especially with the way that the juice is shaking out on this one, getting a minus 115 instead of a minus 120, but when it comes down to it, set the Pirates, minus 121 with Killian. He was able to do a relatively solid job at the minor league level. He's got good electrifying swing and miss stuff, but command is not 
there yet. He's had seven walks in his first nine innings at the big league level. That's a little bit of a fear that you wound up having when it came to his minor league stats as well. A guy that I think is going to be able to keep the ball in the yard is he had to give up a home run here at the big league level, and I think that that'll maintain against the Pittsburgh Pirates, a team that they're just not generating a lot of power in general. And then you do take a look at JT Burbaker, and it's been up and down from 0-7 record. Then again, you do take a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I believe that you still have just four wins from your starters thus far this season, which is still mind-numbing, and it's actually been a little bit worse at home than he has been on the road for Mr. Brubaker. As he's got a 504 home ERA, 415 road ERA, giving up five home runs at 25 innings at home, four bombs at 39 innings on the road. He has been able to get swings and misses, a little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings. And for the Pirates, you do have guys that are able to get on base for you. Cabrian Hayes is hitting right around 270. Brian Reynolds over the last three days, he's been able to hit for some powers. He's got 11 home runs for the season. He's been able to hit above a 300 over these last three days. And all of a sudden, Jax Wisniewski is up to 11 home runs, only 230 now. Diego Castillo, Daniel Vogelback, you're able to throw in there. Josh Van Meter, whenever he's gotten at bats. Cal Mitchell, these guys hitting at 215 or lower have been hurting the team. And despite the fact that most of the wins come out of the bullpen for the Pirates, you still have guys that are less than trustworthy. Anthony Banda is north of a 6 ERA. Long Thief Embry. Chris Strand has not been good for this team. David Bernard has been amazing. And Tyler Beattie is a little bit of a long guy. has been solid. And then you take a look at the Cubs and this bullpen is starting to become a gas can. Scott Efforts, long throw and Wick have had some big falls. Daniel Norris has nearly an 8 ERA thus far this season. Chris Martin, he's starting to pick it up. So it's north of a 4-5 ERA of his own, but you do have guys that are able to get on base for the team. Bolson Contreras, along with Patrick Wisdom, have been able to give you 12 home runs this season with Contreras, nearly a 400 on base. He, along with Nico Horner, guys like a Rafael Ortega, have all been able to give you at least a 350 on base. Christopher Morel has been able to do a solid job with that aspect as well. In fact, guys at the bottom of the lineup, like whenever Jason Hayward winds up getting at bats and company, Alfonso Rivas, they've been having a little bit of a tough time with it. And when it comes to Wisdom, I was mentioning a little bit earlier, he's hitting at 220. And boy, oh boy, he might wind up getting more than 200 strikeouts this season. That's not necessarily too terrific. So it is a case in which I do think that the Pirates just have a little bit more consistency. The Cubs bullpen has been an issue and I just don't know if Caleb Killian is going to be able to give you a lot of innings in this spot as well. And the last time Brubaker wound up facing off against the Cubs, it was on the road and I believe that he wound up having 10 strikeouts in that game as well. So I'm going to lay up to a minus 121 here with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And when it comes to the total and an 8.5, I will be looking at an under, but I would rather have an 8 over at minus 115 juice personally. 9.55 956 on the betting board. The San Francisco Giants, they're in the road. They're facing off against the Atlanta Braves. Says, my Max Freed is going to be going for the Bravos, and Logan Webb is going to be on the bump for San Francisco. San Francisco is all of a sudden finding themselves as a pretty big underdog. They open up right around a plus 130. They got down as low as a plus 120. Right now, I'm seeing them pretty much cross board anywhere between a plus 130 and seeing as high as a plus 138. Meanwhile, when it comes to Braves, anywhere between minus 140 to minus 148 is your price. Eight is your total over and under, both at minus 110. And with the Giants, I needed at least a plus 134 to be able to take a shot on them with the recent C move that we've seen. And we are now in that pocket. So I'm going to be willing to take the plus price here with Logan Webb. Now with Webb, the trepidation that you've got to have with him is that he's never been the same pitcher on the road as he has been at home. At home for the San Francisco Giants last 19 times that he's pitched in San Francisco, they've won 18 out of those games. And he is 6-2 thus far this season, but on the road, 425 ERA compared to a 274 at home. All five of the home runs that he has surrendered this season, they have all come on the road, despite the fact that opponents are getting a 271 off of them at home compared to a 212 on the road, which I find to be interesting. Command has been relatively solid. He's giving up right around 2.3 walks per nine innings. And for Max Fried, he wound up having two or three bad starts to begin the season. Ever since then, he's been able to rein it in. He's actually given up a 320 home ERA compared to a 250 road ERA with five out of his six home runs coming at home. A lot of that wound up coming with his first few starts of the season. 
coming at home ever since, and he has been lights out. And for this Braves team, the bullpen has been very good for this bunch as they've been dealing with an injury to Tyler Mazik for much of the campaign, but A.J. Mintra has been able to give you nearly a 1 ERA. Dylan Lee has come in. He's on his part. Asus Cruz, he's got a buck 50 ERA. Darren O'Day, Will Smith, they are sometimes a little bit interesting, but okay arms. And for the Giants, their bullpen has really fallen off from last year. Last year, they had the top bullpen ERA out there in the big leagues. They've been dealing with some injuries this season to guys like Jake McGee, who just hasn't necessarily been good when he's been out there in general. It's the same with Zach Liddell. He's got right around a 450 ERA. Camilio Duvall, Gerald Garcia, they've been able to do a nice job. And for the San Francisco Giants, it's a bunch that they really do a good job of knowing their platoon splits. They are a team that they've been able to be one of the best offenses out there in baseball, despite the fact that they've only got one player who has more than eight home runs. That'd be Jack Peterson with his 14 bombs. You just have guys up and down that are able to get on base for the team. As you got Peterson, who I mentioned before, Mike Kusemski, Thario Estrada, all in between about a 262 to a 270 with Luis Gonzalez also hitting a 300 for this bunch. You get back Tommy Lasella. That's been pretty big for this team. Evan Longoria is now giving the team some at-bats as well. And then for the Atlanta Braves, they wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it against the Chicago Cubs, but they have come back and they were able to score six runs yesterday. And Ronald Acuna Jr. along with Danzy Swanson throwing their medals and as well all have between a 354 and a 380 on base. Ronald Acuna Jr., whenever he's been out there, he's been hitting bombs. You've got Michael Harris, the second currently hitting above a 300, whatever Orlando Arcee has been out there. He's been able to do a solid job as well. And then Austin Riley is hitting a little bit above a 250. He's been able to supply 18 home runs thus far this season. He's got some relatively good splits home to road. Righty, lefty, he's able to hit a little bit of everyone. So I think that that's big for this Atlanta Braves team. But that said, I do think that Logan Webb is being dogged a little bit too much in this spot. I felt like the Braves should be a favorite. I do like what Max Fried has been able to put out there thus far this season, but I feel like the Giants starting to round into form a little bit more because I do feel like it took them a little bit of time to get over the loss of Buster Posey. So being able to get north of a plus 135, I'm willing to take a shot here on the Giants. I think that both Webb and Freed deliver a good start on my total at 7.8. So looking under and looking Giants. 957-958 on the bank board. The Milwaukee Brewers, they are going to be playing OC St. Louis Cardinals. Miles Michaelis going to be going for the cards and one Cuban Burns as we wind up using the old English accent. It's going to be going for the Brewers. The Brewers are right between minus 146 and minus 155 favorites. And if you're taking a look at St. Louis, you're going to be getting them between plus 135 and plus 140. 7.5 is your total. Under is minus 120. The over is even. Seeing a straight 7 out there, your over is minus 130 and the under is plus 110. And honestly, I would rather take the plus 110 on the under of 7 rather than the 7.5 under at right around minus 120-ish juice. As I want to say my total at 6.8, so even at the 7, I do like the total under, and I'm always a big sucker for getting plus prices when it comes to these totals, because just not a lot of totals wind up falling on the number, and for Corbin Burns, he has been actually worse at home than he has been on the road, but I mean, he's still been masterful in both environments, as he's got a 363 home thus far this season, buck 64 road ERA. I think that's been a little bit of bad luck in my opinion. Six home runs given up in 34 and two-thirds innings at home this season, but opponents overall hitting a 201 off of him, his strikeouts per nine rate, that is hovering right around 11.5. He has been nasty. And for Miles Michaelis, very much a pitcher contact guy. Right around point eight home runs per nine innings. He's given up fewer than two walks per nine. But you got to have your question marks as to how he winds up coming back after that near no-hitter on Tuesday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. He threw a season-high 129 pitches. And I believe that that's the most pitches that any pitcher has thrown in a start in nearly three years. So that is something that you do need to have a little bit of caution with. And with these St. Louis Cardinals, they do back him up with a lineup that has been absolutely tremendous. 
Paul Goldschmidt, Brendan Donovan. Both of these guys hanging above a 315 and for Goldschmidt. 425 on base. Double digit amount of homers. He has been absolutely amazing for the team. Nolan Renato. He went deep in that Boston series. He's got 13 bombs. He's hitting at 275 and then the young guys. Dylan Carlson, Nolan Gorman. Both hitting right around a 255 has been big. You've got Tommy Edmund hitting at 285. Harrison Bader. Juan Yepes hitting right around at 272 to 285. These guys have been terrific for this bunch. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, if you take out the innings thrown by Albert Poles and Yadier Molina, say top 12 bullpen out there in the big leagues, Ryan Elsley. He's been able to post up an ERA that is sub one. You've been able to get good innings out of guys like Giovanni Gallegos and Genesis Cabrera recently. The veterans like a Nick Whitgren, TJ McFarland, they haven't necessarily been so great. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, they've been dealing with Josh Hader being away from the team. I believe that you wound up having the birth of a child. So that is has left them a little bit hampered, but Obi Milner has been able to do a solid job with a sub-3 ERA for the scene. Brad Boxberger, he's able to give you good innings, sub-2-5 ERA as well. Miguel Sanchez, not necessarily the world's most trustworthy guy, but he's not a bad reliever either. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, they were able to get things going against the Cincinnati Reds because they're averaging like seven half runs per game on the Cincinnati Reds that they struggle against everyone else. But on a run from now up to 13 home runs, he's hitting a 250. Andrew McCutcheon, he's gotten his batting average back up to a 245 now. I will say everyone that wound up getting in a bat on Sunday for the team. They've got a 261 batting average or less. Omar Nervias, him coming back has been nice for the team. William Adams needs to pick it up in terms of batting average, but he has been able to supply 13 home runs as well. Christian Yelich, not back to his MVP form, but he's been looking a little bit better. I do think that this is certainly going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game, even with the way that St. Louis has been able to put the ball in play. And when it comes to this run line, I'm currently seeing it between a plus 145 to a plus 150 with the Brewers. I don't want to take my chances on this Brewers team winning by multiple runs, especially at home, though. I do think that Michaelis is going to be a little bit burnt out after he wanted pitching that near no-hitter, so I'm going to be willing to lay a relatively chalky money line here on the Brewers. I'm seeing at some places as good as about a minus 146, so I'm willing to take a shot there, and here at the 7-7.5, taking a look at the under, I set my total at a 6.8. 959, 960 on the main board, the San Diego Padres. They're going to be playing us to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Zach Davies is going to be going for the Saints, and you, Darvish, is going to be on the bump for the Padres. The Padres are finding themselves in between minus 174 and seeing a size of minus 195. Meanwhile, with the Saints, the same between plus 160 and plus 170. 7.5 to 7 is your total on the 7. Over is minus 120 and the under is even on the 7.5. Under is any between minus 120 minus 125. Over is any between even and plus 105. And it's a total that I set at a 7.6. So at 7 or 7.5, I'd be taking a look at the over with the Arizona Diamondbacks. They've been the best under team in baseball when they bet at home. On the road, they have been much more of an over team because they average right around .95 home runs per game at home, just under one per game. Nearly a home run and a half per game when they've been hitting the road. It's been a very unique split for this team, and you just take a look at it. Christian Walker has been able to give you 18 home runs thus far this season, but you take a look at he, what he and everyone else on the road is doing. It's been amazing. Eight of those home runs have come on the road for him. You've got Jordan Luplo, Josh Ross, David Peralta, all having four home runs on the road this season, and as a matter of fact, Josh Ross has seen every one of his home runs come on the road thus far this season. Jordan Luplo, in terms of home runs on a per-at-bat basis, he's getting one every 14 and a half at-bats on the road as well. It is a Diamondback team that they're selling just at 224 on the road, but that's actually a little bit better than they wind up hitting at home. And for Zach Davies, he's been able to pick it up a little bit. He has not been as terrible as he was towards the beginning part of his career. Three earned runs surrendered in his last three starts. Now he's been sort of up and down when it comes to his tenure this season. As the big thing for him, he's been able to control the walks a little bit more. Right around 2.8-ish walks per nine innings after. That was nearly four last year with the Chicago Cubs. And with the Chicago Cubs, 
Gave up a lot of hard contact. Eight home runs given up in 69 innings thus far this season. It's nothing supreme, but you know what? You'll take it. And for you, Darvish, you got to be gauging this guy so much differently home to road. He's got a buck 35 home ERA thus far this season and a 493 road ERA. And last year's home and road splits had a differential of right around two points on that ERA as well. He's given up just two home runs in 33 and a third innings at home. And opponents ain't just a buck 34 off of him in San Diego. Now, I do think that that's going to be going up a little bit, but we were talking about Danny Vietti. It is a San Diego Padres team that they were really relying heavily on Manny Machado, and Manny Machado wound up going down this weekend. You got to figure that he's probably going to be out of the fold for this game. You've got Noah Mazzara, who's been able to do a relatively solid job for the team, hitting above a 300, but that's a small sample size. Jorge Alfaro, he's been able to give you right around 280 as well. Jake Cronenworth, Rooks, and Profar, they're both hitting between a 248 to a 258. They've been able to combine for 14 home runs, so they've been able to give you a little bit of something, but you don't have a single guy outside of Machado who's been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, and then you do take a look at the both of the San Diego Padres, it's been a little bit touch and go with this team as you've got Craig Stammen who's been able to come in there, give you some innings. He, Steven Wilson, both giving you right around a 3-6 ERA. Robert Suarez has had his trials and tribulations as well and it looks like he's going to be out for quite a while as well. So that winds up putting them behind the eight ball. Taylor Rogers has been a good closer, but for the years in the Diamondbacks he did use up Joe Manette typically yesterday, but he could conceivably wind up coming back in this game. Now, you've got a couple guys like a Kyle Nelson, Sean Poppin that you're able to trust in and then you wind up getting to J.B. Wendell, Ken, Caleb Smith, Mark Melanson. These guys have been a complete and utter hot mess. So it's interesting to take a look at, but I did wind up having to downgrade the San Diego Padres with everything that we wound up seeing with Manny Machado. And as a matter of fact, I thought that it made a difference of 15 cents. I wound up making it initially a minus 188 on the money line. I'm willing to take anything plus 168 or greater when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And we have just barely gotten there. So I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on the snakes. Now, when it comes to the run line, you're only getting right around a plus 110 on the Padres. Just not enough for me to take because I just don't know where the offense is going to be coming from without Manny Machado. I do think that we went a little bit too low with this total, especially with Zach Davies and the relatively suspect bullpen of the San Diego Padres. I'm still willing to take a look at the over in this spot, but with Manny Machado going down over the weekend, I'm willing to take a shot here on the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I'm going to be willing to take a look at this total over as well. 961-962 on the betting board. The New York Yankees, they're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Tampa Bay Rays as Mr. Shane McClanahan is going to be going for the Rays. And you've got Garrett Cole who's going to be on the bump for the New York Yankees. And the New York Yankees are finding themselves as a favorite. And between minus 123 and minus 130 is your price. Meanwhile, if you're looking at Tampa, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 110 and plus 118. Six and a half is your total. The over and the under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And it's not very often that I'm willing to take a six and a half under, but you just take a look at the way that these two teams have played themselves this season, and I think that it's going to be a case in which we are going to see another low-scoring game. I did what I am saying my total at a 6.3, and I was pretty much willing to take a plus 110 or greater on the Tampa Bay Rays. Garrett Cole, I feel like he's still being a little bit overvalued. He's the one guy on the New York Yankees that does give me a little bit of pause from time to time. He is giving up right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings. The walks have been solid. Right around 2.2 walks per nine is strikeouts per nine rate. That is hovering right in the pocket of 11, but he just sometimes winds up having these bad starts. Like, you take a look at his last starts against the Tampa Bay Rays. He went six innings in both of them. 
he wound up giving up a combined one run. Those were absolutely terrific, and then he was able to shut out the Detroit Tigers, but sandwiched in between that over his last five starts, gave up seven runs while getting seven outs against the Minnesota Twins. The team somehow won that one. Then he gave up five runs against the Baltimore Orioles at home. So, I mean, Garrett Cole's been a little bit hit or miss, and Jay McClanahan, he's been a little bit more of a steady Eddie guy. He did wind up giving up four runs in his last start against the New York Yankees. Three of those were unearned. He was badly hurt by his fielding. He should not have been the victim of what he was the victim of. And you take a look at the way that he's getting swings and misses. He is getting right around 12 strikeouts per nine, and he's giving up a little bit over a home run per nine. And at home this far this season, home runs per nine, right? That's right around a one, but he's holding opponents to overall hitting a buck 85 off of him. He has been absolutely superb, and he's backed up by a bullpen that has Jason Adam, who's been posting up right around a one ERA. Colin Pooch, a sub two ERA. JP Fireisen, he's still currently out of the fold for this team that has hurt them a little bit, but this is a Tampa Bay Rays team that they are just loaded with a bunch of arms, and for the New York Yankees, you're going to have Clay Holmes available in this game. He's got a sub-0-30 ERA. He has been absolutely tremendous. You wind up seeing Wandy Peralta regress a little bit in that series against the Toronto Blue Jays, but he's been relatively solid. Might be out of the fold for this game because he did wind up pitching yesterday, though, and you do take a look at this New York Yankees lineup, and I mean, boy, oh boy, what more can be said about what Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo are doing. These two guys, a combined 43 home runs thus far this season. And then if you got Glaber Torres and John Carlos Sin combining for 27 bombs as Torres and Stan both hitting between about a 258 to a 268. Judge is hitting above a 38. Isaiah Canera Falefa. He's been able to hit a 275. DJ turned it up LeMayu right around a 340 on base. I mean, it's been a masterful lineup. And the Tampa Bay Rays, they just don't necessarily have those bats. But take a look at G Man Choi. Throughout his career, he's hit well above a 300 against Garrett Cole. He's getting a bunch of home runs off of him. One every like four or five at bats. He's actually had a lot of success against Garrett Cole. So that is something to take a look at as overall for the season. He's got a 380 on base, Andy Diaz, right around a 400 base on his own, Juan Franco. He has been out of the fold. That has hurt the team a little bit, but Manuel Margot, he's been able to keep this thing going. He's been able to hit right around 300. Andy Rosarena, you'd like to see a little bit more power, but he's hitting right around 255. The concern for the team, bottom lineup with guys like Brett Phillips, whenever he's been out there, Mike Zanino, Isaac Paredes, Vida Brujan, guys that are hitting a 180 or lower for the team, so that has been a little bit of an issue, but with that said, getting a plus price here with the Tampa Bay Rays at home, that does appeal to me. I think that Cole's going to be dealing. I think that Shane McClanahan is going to be dealing, but I do also think that the Yankees, having to come from north of the border down to Tampa Bay, that is going to take a little bit of something out of them as well, even though the Rays, they themselves have to travel from Baltimore, so this is a spot in which, at a 6.5, I'm willing to take the under, and getting this plus price, north of a plus 110, taking a shot here on the Rays. 963, 64, that is going to be the DK Nation pick as we got the Detroit Tigers on the road facing off against the Boston Red Sox as Josh Winkowski is going to be going for Boston and Alex Fiedo is going to be on the bump for Detroit. Your total on this game is 9.5 over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Boston is anywhere between a minus 174 and a minus 180 favorite. Meanwhile, with Detroit, anywhere between plus 150 and plus 163 is your price. And DK Nation pick, we're going to be taking a look at the under. I want him saying my total at an 8.4. And I'm willing to lay up to a minus 184 on the money line with regards Boston. Would like to be able to reduce the juice if at all possible. Right now, I'm seeing that run line price at a plus 110. Pretty much any sort of a plus price. I said it at a plus 102 officially. I'd be willing to take a shot on Boston, so I'm going to look to reduce the juice here. But with the Detroit Tigers, they uncharacteristically did something we haven't seen from them all season long the last two days. They scored runs. They had 21 runs in the last two games after they had scored a combined, I'm not even kidding here, 
two in the previous four games, and I believe that this was a team that they had scored four runs or fewer in all but three games this month prior to that. I think we're going to see a little bit of regression here because I'm not even kidding when I wind up saying this. You take a look at the Detroit Tigers on the road, and this has been a historically bad team at being able to generate runs as they're right now getting right around 2.2 to 2.3 runs per game in true road games. They're hitting 15 home runs in their 27 road games, hitting a 205 as a collective. I mean, allow me to read off the names of guys hitting a 220 or lower on the road for this team. Avi Baez, Willie Castro, Jamir Candelario, Harold Castro, Jonathan Scope, Robbie Grossman, Eric Haas, Spencer Torkelson, Victor Reyes. Boy, oh boy. And then whenever he's been out there, he's been seeing more at-bats recently. Cody Clemens, he's got as many hits as myself on the road thus far this season. So that's not great right there. And you do have a Boston Red Sox team that you've got one of the best trios that we have seen in a long time. Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, along J.D. Martinez. All these guys earning at least a 330. It has been incredible to watch, especially Devers being able to put up 16 home runs thus far this season. But middle of the lineup and has been a little bit, shall we say, murky. Kike Hernandez has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. Trevor Story hasn't necessarily been able to get going. He's hitting at 225 with 10 home runs. You expect a little bit more there. Alex Verdugo over the last three days has been able to get on base. And Christian Vasquez, Jaron Duran, they're both hitting right around 270. But guys like Franchi Cordero, Bobby Dahlbeck and company, they need to be able to step up. And for the Red Sox, ever since their first... I think four weeks would be the best way of being able to call it. This has been a top-down bullpen out there in the big leagues. Austin Davis has been able to give you some very good innings. He's posting up right around a 2-5 ERA. Tyler Danish, right around a 3-ish ERA. You've got Ansel Robles back in the fold. Ada Kauza-Satamora, right around a 3-2 ERA. So these guys have been able to hold down the fort, and this is a Tigers bullpen that they themselves are in the top eight with regards to ERA. A lot of the runs that they wanted giving up over the weekend against the Rangers came in garbage time when they were up by like 100 million billion runs. And you just take a look at a lot of these guys like... Will Vest, Michael Fulmer, Willie Peralta, Alex Lang, they're all posting up ERAs of a 2-2 or better. Gregory Soto has been a good closer for this bunch. And for Fiedo, he did wind up getting lit up in his last start. He wound up giving up seven runs over the course of three innings against the Chicago White Sox. Previous seven starts, he had went between five and six innings in every one of them, giving up no fewer than one runs, no more than two runs. So he has actually been a modicum of consistency. Not much of a swing and miss guy, right around seven half strike cuts per nine innings, but not giving up a lot of the deep ball, 1.3 home runs, Per nine innings, right around two and a half walks per nine. He's been relatively consistent. And for Winkowski, he was a part of the, I believe it was Andrew Benatendi deal. And he's made two starts and he's looked relatively solid for this bunch. He did wind up giving up four runs and three innings against the Baltimore Orioles. Was a little bit of a victim of bad luck in that start. Winds up going five scoreless against the Oakland A's. He was able to do a relatively solid job at the minor league level. Not a guy that's going to give up a lot of free passes, four walks and eight innings. Thus far at the big league level, I think that he's going to be able to iron that out a little bit. And with the Tigers, well, it almost is like he's getting a triple-A appearance here. So, that said, this is going to be a DK Nation pick on the under. Personally, I'm going to be taking a look at the Boston Red Sox on the run line as well, but my write-up, that is going to be for the total under. 965-966 on the betting board. The Toronto Blue Jays, they hit the road. They're facing off against the Chicago White Sox. As Lance Lynn is going to be home for the Sox, and Jose Barrios is going to be on the bump for Toronto. Toronto is finding themselves minus 130 favor pretty much across the board. Anywhere team plus 110 and plus 120 is your price on the White Sox. Nine is your total over the anywhere team Minus 110 and minus 115. Unders any team minus 105 and minus 110. And Lance Lynn, this is going to be his second start of the season. When he was down making his minor league rehab 
I guess you'd call it stint. He did not look good. He wound up having north of a 70 area. First start of the season against the Detroit Tigers. He gives up 10 hits and four and a third innings to the Tigers. And I mean, I recognize that the Tigers over the last seven eights have been a little bit better on offense, but boy, not terrific there. And then you take a look at Mr. Jose Badillo saying, and it's been a little bit up and down for him as well, let's say at least a 465 ERA. Always has had a career ERA that's been more than a point worse on the road than at home, and it's manifested itself this season. 318 home ERA, road ERA, and it's hovering right in the neighborhood of about six. So, that's honestly too terrific now for Barrios. Strikeout numbers, that is a little bit down. He's been getting right around seven nine strikeouts per nine innings overall. He's allowing opponents at a 260 off of him, 290 in two row games. And the walks aren't even necessarily too high, right around 2.2 walks per nine innings. And then you do take a look at this Toronto Blue Jays lineup, and all of a sudden they've been able to put back the ball. They've been able to score at least four runs, and I believe now 14 out of their last 18 games. As you've got Flagg Guerrero Jr., who has went deep 17 times thus far this season. He, Santiago Espinel, George Springer, along with Lourdes Gurriel, only between a 264 to a 278 Bobachet. He's hitting a 260. He's went deep a double digit amount of times. I don't think Alejandro Kirk is going to be able to keep up this nearly four on base, but he has been a nice godsend for the team to ask Hernandez over the last 30 days. He's hitting right around 300 as well. And then for the Blue Jays, the trepidation that you really have with the team is their bullpen. They're in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. You haven't had a lot of guys come out there and consistently do a solid job. Jeremy Beasley, Julia Merriweather, you're able to throw in there as well. Andrew Vasquez, all these guys have north of a 6 ERA. Trent Thornton has north of a 4 ERA. I mean, it's becoming a case in which Adam Simber with his 325 ERA is one of your most trustworthy guys along David Phelps. And for the White Sox, they've been dealing with an injury to Liam Hendricks out there in the bullpen as well. I love fading teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball as well. And they want to play a late game against the Houston Astros and they have to travel on top of that. So that's not necessarily a lot of fun. I really would like to be able to see a little bit of line movement. The Blue Jays in a lot of spots open up between a minus 120 to a minus 125 favorite. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 123 with them. And when it comes to run line, currently you're able to lay a run and half with the Blue Jays. And you're going to be getting right around about a plus 135. If I could get that up to a plus 140, which I'm seeing a couple straight plus 140s, I'd be willing to take a shot here on the Blue Jays. So I mean, right now with what we've got on the board, I'd be taking a look at that plus 140 run line laying a run and half with the Blue Jays because I do think that you're going to see some scoring in this game. I think we've went a little bit too demonstrative with the nine because with the White Sox, even though they have been able to score four plus runs, six out of their last eight, it's been a team that has been very much touching going against right-handed pitching. They just have not been able to do so great. Against lefties, they're hitting darn near a 300 right now. Against right-handed pitching, they're hitting a 239 and you haven't necessarily had a lot of power with this team as Tim Anderson has been on the injured list. That has hurt them. Now, I will say Jose Abreu, he over the last 30 days has been hitting well above a 300. You've got Luis Robert. He's been able to 290 himself at AJ Pollock. He's hitting nearly a 300 ever since he wanted coming off the injured list. Jake Berger, whenever he's been out there, he's got eight bombs. He's hitting right around 265, but it's been very much touch and go with this team. So at the nine, I'm going to be taking a look at the under end. As of current numbers, I would take the plus 140 run line with the Blue Jays. Willing to lay up to a minus 123 with them on the money line. And when you get up to right around a plus 125 with the White Sox, we'll be looking there. So we're basing my play on the side with regards to the late night line movement. But with that said, that's why I'm looking at it. Current numbers along the under, and we wrap things up with 967, 968 on the betting board, the LA Angels. They're going to be playing us the Kansas City Royals. Chris with Gabe Bubich is going to be going for the Royals, and North or Syndergaard is on the bump for the Halos. Halos are finding themselves between minus 180 and minus 
minus 190. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Chris with a K Bubich, it's anywhere between plus 160 and plus 175. 8.5 is your total. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. And set my total line at 8.8. I'm going to be taking a look at the over with no Thor Syndergaard. He has been significantly better at home than he has been on the road, but things have been going down the toilet bowl from recently. 3.53 ERA overall. And in his last two starts, he was relatively solid, giving up a combined two runs in 10 and two-thirds innings against the Red Sox and the Dodgers. He also wound up having that stink burger against the New York Yankees. He wound up getting chased after he wound up not even being able to make it through a full inning against the Texas Rangers about a month ago as well. So he has been very up and down and swing and miss stuff is just not there with him this season. He's been getting right around six strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate and suffering in the pocket of about two and a half. So he's been able to do a solid job there giving up just four home runs overall for the season. But he's also got a buck 42 home area north of a six road area. I think that that is going to have positive progression on the road and negative regression at home. And then with Chris with a K Bubich, he's already had two starts this season in which he has not completed the first inning. If he's able to just get through the first inning, it actually might not go badly for him, but you take a look at Chris with a K Bubich and thus far on the road, 972 ERA in his three total appearances, giving up nine runs in eight and a third inning, so he hasn't been able to deliver any length whatsoever. Opponents overall, they're getting a 302 off of him. He's been giving up nearly two home runs per nine innings, walks per nine rate that is hovering right around a five, and for the Kansas City Royals, it's not like they're backing him up with a great bullpen, as they're in the bottom five of the big leagues with regards to ERA. Amir Garrett is north of a six ERA. He's been terrible. Terrell Clark, he's got an ERA that's hovering right around five. He's been terrible. Daniel Magden, you have no faith in him. Matt Peacock, he actually got a 225 ERA, we all know that that's going to wind up going up. Gabe Spear has been okay for the team. Josh Shamout, take a look at what he's been able to do over the last 35 days. He's really been able to lower his ERA. Scott Barlow, sub-2 ERM for the LA Angels. I mean, at this point, Jose Cuijada might be your best reliever because Rossi Iglesias, Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, they have all got north of four ERAs at this point. But with the Angels, you do have the boom squad when it comes to the team. Mike Trout now has 21 home runs. He has been masterful. Joey Otani, Jared Walsh, Taylor Ward between the three of them. A combined 35 home runs. Walsh and Otani inning between a 250 to a 250. Five. Ward is north of a 400 base, north of a 300 batting average. Now, bottom of the lineup whenever you've had Andrew Vasquez out there, Luis Renifo, Kurt Suzuki, Jack Mayfield, they're all hitting at 220 or lower, but certainly you do have the top of the lineup firing all cylinders. And for the Kansas City Royals, they've been one of the bottom offenses out there in baseball as well. Andrew Benatendi has been able to shoot 95 and Salvador Perez. He's up to 10 home runs since coming off the injured list. He's been a little bit better and do have a couple guys towards the middle. MJ Melendez throwing their Hunter Dozier. They've been able to hit right around 255. Michael A. Taylor is hitting at 270 as as well by Bewitt Jr. He's been able to supply some RBI. He's been doing a much better job since he wanted to begin the year a little bit brutal as well. But with that said, I do have a lot more faith here in North Earth Syndergaard than Chris with a K Bubich. As a result, I do wind up making the Angels a minus 224 favorite. If you're taking a look at the run line, and we get that at a plus 110, I was willing to lay up to about a minus 120. So I'm looking at the run line of the Angels. I think that they should be able to get to Chris with a K Bubich, and I think that they're going to put up their fair share of runs. We'll take the 8.5 over and looking at the run line of the Angels, and that we're at things up for the Monday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vison Family Podcast. A big thanks to Danny Vietti of CBS Sports, along with the Wake and Rake Podcast, for joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is by Twitter timeline, at GNNRSCORD1. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe it does not matter. As per usual, please just send these into the timeline, and the other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. I have that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.